Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guys Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to www.shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor box or even their watermelon flavor box. Oh, and don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your shocked energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. The Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by Exogun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down. Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it. Work, the gym, the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy. What is percussion therapy? Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. And welcome in one and all to the Sports and the World podcast. Coming on, we're going to talk a little money in the bank. We're going to do something different. You know, I was always looking for someone to, you know, to preview a pay-per-view with, and I found the right person. Once again, you know her, you love her. It's Tanya Ray Fox. And how are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm really excited to do this. This is my first time ever doing a full podcast talking about WWE. I've only, like, I've, like, talked a little bit about it here and there on other podcasts or on my own, but I've never done a full front to back. And I'm pretty excited, especially because I'm like a newer WWE person than most people who are talking about it, but I've Mm -hmm. covered sports my entire life. So like, I'm very like, I'm very interested to see what it's like and the reception I get for talking about WWE. I'm just really pumped. Like it's something I've been super into the last few years. And I finally feel ready to knowledgeably speak on it. So, yeah. yeah it, it, it's going to be interesting because, like I said, be, you know, being a newer fan, I think it's going to be very interesting. Because, like I said, I've been, I've been watching it, you know, to not to reveal my age, 
but it's, it's going to happen anyway because it's on it's on my ba- brother's on the profile anyway. I've been watching it like 25 years. Yeah. So I it, it's interesting to always get different perspectives, I believe. So, you know, it's, you're going to do great. I already know it. So with all that being said, let's just jump in. Let's talk about the card for Money in the Bank that's going to be on Saturday on the premium live event. Excuse me. I don't want to get WWE mad at me. Premium live event that comes on Peacock on this coming up Saturday. So let's talk about let's talk about the matches. Let's talk about you know the first match on the one of the matches on the card, and that's for the Raw Women's Championship with Bianca Belair, the champion, facing Carmella, a former champion, in her own right. And just to get some of before I give my thoughts, just some of your thoughts on the match and how do you see it playing out? Yeah, well, obviously it was you know Carmella stepping in for Rhea and. Uh, I was looking forward to Bianca and Rhea again. I feel like they're in the same class. Like they kind of came up into their like, you know, WWE stardom around the same time and Bianca's really taken off. And I was excited to see that. I like the Judgment Day thing and all that. So like, you know, Carmella once again is stepping in to do the Lord's work, which she has been doing. I think she's so underrated for being able to step into any match like whether it is from a royal rumble straight to just a championship match and feel like she fits in and is a contender and like you know she has her character so figured out and she knows exactly who she is and so while i know that this match is not she's not taking the title from bianca um it i still really first of all i think she's an underrated wrestler i think they can put together a good match and i like i do think that she is the type of wrestler that allows bianca as a champion to show off what she's got and actually give us a decent match but i also like you know she's fun like i you know she she just brings it so you know bianca's gonna win the match we know that that's okay um but i just want to you know i just knew in previewing this match the big thing i wanted to talk about was the fact that Carmella is really a workhorse and does the things uh, that a lot of the women's division can't do and step in really seamlessly into this stuff. There are very few women on the roster on either show that you can call and say, hey, we need you to step in right now. You know, Um, uh, you know, with Rhea gone and Bailey, we still don't know where she's at. Carmella is an OG and I'm, I don't know, man, I, you know, I love Bianca. And so I'm pumped that this is a pretty clear win for her, but yeah. shout out to Carmella for just being a grinder who always gets it done. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned Bianca because I, I do have the, the shirt. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You know, I like to show, you know, I like to be neutral like Switzerland, but sometimes, you know, I don't like to be, but, yeah. but, but, but to your point about Carmella, obviously Bianca's going to take this match. I, I don't see it any other way, but to your point, Carmella is, is one of those wrestlers on the, on, in the, in the women's division who, when, when I, when she essentially like to your point, replacing Rhea, it made sense because a Carmella, people tend to forget Carmella's a former champion in her own. Yeah. Life. yeah. So it's, it's not, it's not, it's nothing new to her to step into a championship match. And then secondly, and to your point, you know, it fits and it's very ideal. Carmella's comfortable with who she is and she's comfortable in this role. And, you know, I'm not going to go on a big tangent on it, but I think when we talk about guys like, you know, like Sami Zayn, who we'll talk about later, you know, he's, you know, just can step into any role and just be that person, whatever they're asked to do. 
They're kind of like that utility player. It kind of steps in and just whatever situation it's going to work. And and I just I like I said I see Bianca winning this, but I expect a good match because Carmella is a very good worker. He has a great character, and I just I just kind of see that this Bianca just winning it, but I expect it to be a great match nonetheless. So transitioning from one women's championship match to another on the SmackDown women's championship side, we have Ronda Rousey, the champion, facing Natalia. And and what I will say, and then I'll get your thoughts, is that I wrote a piece about Natalia some time ago, and what I said about Natalia is Natalia is kind of she's kind of the workhorse in her own right, but she's done a lot for this division and her time there. She's helped literally anybody on that women's roster in that division that you see, you know, they look to Natalia. She's kind of the figurehead of that division. And in all the respect, and once again, in a similar situation with Carmella, you know, Natalia was the right person for this particular to kind of, you know, she's familiar with Rousey, you know, they kind of know each other. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a very submission, I, a kind of a very mat based type of match. Cause they're both very good on the mat, especially when, you know, Natalia and, and her uncle, you know, were probably one of the greatest submissions wrestlers of all time. So I expect a great match. I, I expect Rousey to retain. And because, so despite Rousey retaining, I expect Natalia kind of the same way with Carmella to put on a good match to kind of make, Rousey looked good because I think that's the kind of I don't say it's kind of the goal of this match, but is to make Rousey look formidable because there there have been doubts in people's minds and you know and sometimes people speak of those doubts, but I think to have a good match here, if you need someone to have someone have a good match with, you know if you're Rousey, Natalia's the right person, seasoned veteran, so I expect Rousey to retain, but. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this match and how you feel it's going to go. Yeah, well, I am one of the doubters of Ronda. Um, I don't, I don't see what she brings to the WWE at all, besides the the prestige of who she is outside of the WWE, which I, I, um, I respect a lot, and what she did for women in UFC um, and in mixed martial arts and just the athlete that she is. Like, she's amazing. There's no two ways around it. But what she does in the WWE does nothing for me. Um, she gave probably the best promo I've heard her give on SmackDown. Or, you know, the last week, I think it was, right? It was last week's SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, when Natalia dressed up like her and whatever. Like, I thought it was, it was like the first time I saw her, like, get in the mud in, like, a believable way. But that was so much because of Natalia. Um, again, like Natalia deserves all the respect in the world. Like you said, she's number one, like b- trained most of the women that have come up at this point or in some, exactly. some way, shape or form. She's mm-hmm. a legacy person who's earned her place in that match. And you're right. There is a, because they're both submission specialists in a lot of ways, obviously Rhonda from MMA. And that's what Natalia has always done. And in, in they're like sort of bloodline of that family. But I gotta be honest, I, I think because I'm so skeptical of them letting uh, titles change hands, um, even at these even at these pay per views these days, I'm not super like I'm not super positive that Ronda is going to lose this match. But 
I don't, she does not strike me as someone who's like sticking around long term. I, there's a lot of rumors that she's like, doesn't necessarily like have plans for a long term stint. Um, it does often feel like she doesn't want to be there, that she's disinterested. She hasn't done anything new in her wrestling since coming back. Um, she's already had to, you know, you said Natalia is somebody who can make her look good. Everybody she wrestles with is trying to do that for, for her. Um, and so I don't like that has to get old. And so I don't, I, I gotta, I gotta, there's a little tiny bit and maybe it's wishful thinking. There's a little tiny bit of my brain that says the women's division is struggling. Charlotte's gone right now. Sasha Banks is gone. And how do we like revive this situation? Maybe if you have Natalia win that match, beat the greatest submission wrestler that the women have ever seen. And hand the money in the bank ladder match winner somebody to maybe grab that title from right away because i don't think natalia is somebody who's like gonna have a big long title run but -hmm. it could be a perfect person like yeah take it from ronda whatever but like i think it'd be really cool for ronda to just for natalia to have that moment because she is somebody that everybody respects who could believably beat ronda who's believably like in her head right and then you give the you give the ladder match winner somebody on a platter, um, and we have a new champion until I guess Charlotte or whoever comes along. That's like a little dream scenario that I have booked in my head. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, and and you you hit on something that it's very true. As some you know, when it comes to to Ronda, I don't think she's in it for the long haul. I I. I don't believe it because, like, to your point, I'm not saying Ronda Rousey's terrible. Like, people have to understand, but it's just that when you look at Ronda Rousey, it's kind of like she has the belt because, and I always ask this, is that at this point, especially on the SmackDown side, where that division kind of needs help, it's not like the Raw side where it feels it's stacked. It's kind of why I feel more confident about Bianca than I do Rousey. And, and I've always said that Rousey may not make it to WrestleMania uh, as the champion. You know, and I, and, I, and I double down on that. And I'll get to that when we talk about the women's money in the bank. But to your point, it would be a situation where if Natalia did win, I would, it would be the worst thing in the world. Because, like, to your point, it's believable. And they're kind of similar in so many ways, but you know, obviously Rousey gets more of the attention. But I just kind of feel that they're in a position when when you don't have a Charlotte, and you know, maybe Bailey's lurking. She may even show up at Money in the Bank, or maybe at SummerSlam. So you need, I guess, to have Rousey to have the belt, and this is why I say the winner of the Women's Money in the Bank comes into play big time. Because I just don't see Rouse the type of person who can hold on to that belt until until WrestleMania. Now with Bianca, I can see it. Like I got that mapped out all in my head. But when it comes to to Rousey, she's gonna win because you don't want to take a belt. Because to your point, you know, especially at a pay per view like Money in the Bank, you know, title changes they happen but not at a very, very frequent rate. So I give Rousey the win 
only because I think WWE still, because they know she's not going to be there long term. I just think they're doing it because they have a plan moving forward to take the belt off of her. Yeah, I, I kind of believe in that. And it, it, even though ideally I could think Natalia can beat Ronda Rousey, like I, I don't think there's no, no debate yeah. about that. I just think that at this particular pay-per-view, I think have her retain and then figure out something for SummerSlam. And SummerSlam, whoever she faces at SummerSlam, that's going to be, to me, yeah, the million-dollar question. No, you're right. I mean, they're going to want Ronda's name at SummerSlam. I mean, that's just a, that's just a fact. Like, you see how the crowd reacts when Ronda comes out still. Like, whether I like it or not, you know, and I don't. I don't like it. I, she doesn't do anything for me personally. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they're going to want her at SummerSlam, and I, that's understandable. You know, uh, however it works out, um, the likelihood is that she's going to retain it is what it is. I just, for anybody who's watching who wants to have dream up a scenario that could happen that doesn't include Ronda winning, you know, there's just a little hope there that maybe they they screw around with the Natalia stuff and create something interesting. Obviously, I WWE's got a lot going on right now, so I don't know how yeah. uh, how creative they're trying to get with this stuff. But you know, just something to something to hope for at least while you're watching the match. Yeah, so yeah, so they're kind of putting the back of the mind there because, yeah. like I say, WWE. I think there's a lot of things at the forefront. Uh-huh. That's that's for another time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's above my pay grade. Exactly. But, <laughs> But, you know, staying with the championship theme, let's talk about the United States Championship match with Theory versus Lashley. And I'll get uh, – I want to get your thoughts on this, and I'll get my thoughts on the back end about how do you see this match playing out and what are you looking for in this match? Uh, well, uh, again, Theory, like, I see what they're trying to do with him. I get that he's, like, the next – they're trying to make him into the next Vince McMahon wonderkind. And, like, I – I'm starting to buy. I'm starting to buy in a little bit. Um, we got to get rid of the selfies. I think he's like a strong enough wrestler and performer at this point that he can start to elevate himself beyond that arc. Um, I know he doesn't have that figured out quite yet, his full personality quite yet, but we can, like, I'm perfectly fine to be patient and watch it evolve because I do think he's a really good wrestler. Um, this, like, this to me is like the most no brainer of all time. I don't care what any, I don't, I don't care about titles changing hands. I don't care about trying to build up a young kid. I don't care about it at all. Bobby Lashley right now is peak. Like he's peak. He's like the way he looks, the way he's owning his persona, the way that entrance, like they've got it down to a science. Like he is on the perfect trajectory to grab this title. And I, and I think that like, it would be a massive missed opportunity to not give Bobby Lashley this title right now, because again, this is what I do as a new school fan, right? I'm already fantasy booking what's going to happen next, which is that I think Bobby Lashley needs to be on a collision course at some point with Roman Reigns. And if Roman's got two titles and isn't going to lose, why can't he get a third? Why can't he have all the titles? They have done with Roman stuff they've never done before. Now, I have not been a huge fan of WWE my whole life, but I have understood the landscape of WWE. I've always paid attention. I've always known who the stars were, and I pay attention to the history. I've watched documentaries. I understand that what they're doing with Roman right now is not something that's happened before. Like, the the length at which like, he's got both titles. He's nowhere to be found. He's not even in a pay-per-view. Like, this, this is insane. So, like, I want to see... I want to see that title be on the line at some point. 
with Bobby and Roman. And I feel like this is a good way to start. Like, I, I genuinely believe theory has so much more to do. And, and, and because of where Bobby is right now, because he's sort of made his rounds over the last year, he's held the title, he's in that space, and they are clearly not willing to give up on keeping him in events on pay-per-views. Give him something to work with then, because I don't think you should waste somebody who's doing the best work of their career right now when they're up, you know, when you're talking about a kid you're trying to bring up who has, I think, enough going for him that like you, the t- the titles are down the line. Like he doesn't, he just doesn't need it right now. Uh, he's so young. He's all, so he's got his title. Great. Let the guy who's in his prime, who's doing his best work, who's at the top of his game, in my opinion, take the title. And then let's see where we can go with that from here, because I don't, you know, Roman's not in this pay-per-view. He's not, he obviously is out of the picture, but down the line, whenever it may be, whether it's at, I don't know what they're going to do with him at SummerSlam, but like, this is an, another like formidable guy. And I just, I don't know what more they can do except for have him come for all the titles. So give Bobby Lashley that title because him, there's no way I'm buying him fighting theory for it. That's my, that's my thought. And, and you know, you, you do raise a very good point because this match is very conflicting for two reasons. Number one, I like Bobby Lashley. I, Bobby Lashley is one of those guys when he came back, I, I was super excited because I remembered his first run in the company was, was pretty good. And then he went off, did his own thing, and then he came back. And then, boom, next thing you know, he's champion. Then he, be, he, was, he was United States champion. Then he became, you know, uh, you know, heavyweight champion. Where the confliction comes in, which leads into my second point, is when, if he was facing literally anybody else but Theory, in theory, to me, that's a future world champion. Like, there, there's no doubt about that. The problem with is, is that do you take the belt? Like, to your point, like, I think Lashley now is just primo good stuff. It's, it's very good. And then you run into this kind of collision course with Theory, who's kind of on the way up. Not saying Lashley's on the way out, but you kind of run into this collision course where does taking does taking the belt off of theory hurt theory? Absolutely not. It does not. Given that down the road, the way they're building him, he may not need a championship to solidify his character at the moment. Yeah, I mean, right but, now it's not doing anything for him. I mean, he's still the same guy. You know, it's not to me, it's been like he's got this title and I kind of forget that he has it. You know? Yeah, yeah, and you're right. And it's like they had him, you know, fought, you know, he fought Ali, and he's kind of, and I'm like, does Theory need the belt now? I understand why they gave him the belt. I understand because you want to put something on to kind of solidify him as a champion of any kind. To me, a part of me says Lashley could win this match, but another part of me says, and that's the part I'm going to lean toward. It says that somehow, some way, theory retains simply because of this reason. I do believe that theory at SummerSlam, it's kind of this. I kind of feel theory as champion at SummerSlam. There could be a chance 
that they could be trying to build something to have him face someone like they did at WrestleMania. They, they put him in a match like with Pat McAfee, who who absolutely nailed it. You want you want theory in a match. My 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 concept is what if he faces someone like a John Cena and he has the belt? Now, could he face John Cena? But why Cena? would, I mean, it's like. Well, wait, well, well, here, well, here's the thing. This is where the confliction comes in. Yeah. Because me personally, Cena has won the U.S. championship a bajillion times. Yeah. He doesn't need it. So my logic is, is that they do one or two things. Because it's the WWE logic. Oh yeah, these, I'm with so, you. It's not ours. It's theirs. I get you. Yeah. So if they they'll keep the belt on theory, maybe push something towards someone like Asina, but I kind of also feel that if you have Lashley win the belt, I'm okay with that because of the fact that it's not the end of the world for theory because theory's trajectory is just to the to the moon. Yeah, so, I mean, I, it, it, to me, Bobby Lashley feels almost too in some ways because of where he's been at and what I think he's doing is I think he's doing his best work is almost too good for this match in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I know he's not like in the eyes of WWE. There's only so many belts like I get it, but that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. And I would feel the same way about theory at SummerSlam, which is like you can't have Roman Reigns on an, the all on one of the all time runs in the history of WWE holding two belts with the bloodline holding the other belts, you know, with the Usos, all the, all these belts and have John Cena fighting theory. Like it just can't happen. Like, yeah. that's just, that's the one thing about that theory that just does nothing for me because at the end of the day, you don't bring in like a Mount Rushmore guy like Cena to fight your little wonderkind while you've got like a full on monster standing there with every title belt known to man. It just, it would be so out of, out of balance for me. Yeah. And, and, and I understand the logic. Yeah. I really do. To me, I think the goal with Vince McMahon is trying to do with Theory. To your point, he's the next Wonder Kid. Yeah. I think he wants to put Theory, because like, look, look at WrestleMania. He had him fight Pat McAfee, which, like, Pat McAfee can fight. You know, he's in a, he, he was good. Not, yeah. It was a great match. Yeah. Nothing to take away from that. In the mind of Vince, how do we take Austin? How do we give him, you know, credibility? I'm and to me. This is where I say, the more I've listened to you, you could take the belt off of Theory, put it on Lashley. Lashley's been a United States champion, so once again, it's it. See, the thing is, it's not going to be the end of the world for Theory. And then Lashley, you have to give him the belt because, to your point, you have to do something. And I think with Lashley, I think in a situation like with the company's facing now, which creatively you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. And I kind of feel like with, with you know with Lashley, I love Lashley, and I don't want him to be wasted because I thought him fighting Omos was a complete waste. Yeah. I, like I, I never saw the purpose of that feud. People have tried to convince me that. Like, look, Omos is no. No. I mean, it was, it was, you know, it gave Bobby a chance to do some impressive physical stuff. Just remind us that he's like a monster. And I yeah. think there's like, there's some value in that. Um, Omos is one of those dudes who are like, I think everybody who fights Omos, it's going to feel weird. These like the giants in yeah. WWE are really hard to like, 
make into superstars these days because like people are such good real actual wrestlers it's mm -hmm. like it can be really difficult and like bobby's not though he is not the best wrestler on the roster but what he can do and the physical feats that he can you know pull off it mm -hmm. was like it was cool to see him do some interesting st stuff with amos it didn't like totally bug me but i just it's like he loses to theory what do you do with him i just all of a sudden it's like what are we doing with bobby lashley right now when you you have this guy you're billing at 278 pounds of pure muscle or whatever the hell it is and you've got like again where are your where are the avengers that are coming for thanos because like we're run, it's not it can't be theory like you haven't built him up enough it, it it's yeah. not going to be him it's not it's got to be we know who they are and we're going to talk more about the money the money in the bank ladder match but like there's very few guys left that could believably menacingly pretend you know menace the roman reigns and whatever else and so like i just like it's like so he loses a, a match to theory on a pay-per-view then what that's what i keep thinking and then it's like okay but but what do we do with theory a thousand things because he's a he's a, a little pain in the ass who can go anywhere and do anything yeah. that's the point he we're wasting a title on this guy right now and that's the only reason i think that like especially because as we go forward i, I think we're going to realize there's very few titles changing hands in this in mm -hmm. this pay-per-view that maybe this is the one um, I know people have mixed feelings on Bobby Lashley. He's won me over. I didn't really love him when he was had the actual title, when he had the raw title. I, I actually like him a lot more now. I think he's really honed the, that character. Um, and I think he, like, with, I actually find him, I know he's not great on the mic, but I, I find him more um, interesting as this solo, silent assassin type guy yeah so maybe it's just bias you know maybe it is just bias but he won me over in a lot of ways i wasn't super impressed with him before and i am really liking what he's doing now and i just want him to have a real match i the the good thing is which you haven't said and i don't want to harp on this match too long because i know we have more stuff to get to but the good thing is that theory will give a good match he's a really good wrestler yeah. you know he's a really good wrestler so it, like i'm interested to see how they how he handles somebody who's so physically gifted in the ring, a young physically gifted person. And if he's able to like really rise to the occasion in that setting, he's not fighting another Brock, you know, same size guy as him. He's not fighting Omos. It's not even Drew McIntyre. This is a guy who's even like more agile and can do all of these things. So I want to see, I'm excited. Yeah. And, and to your point, before we get to the next, the next match, what I will say is that this is the one match where I'm just super conflicted on because like, to your point, this is Lashley, this is peak Lashley and watching Lashley wrestle throughout the years. I'm like, when he comes out, you know, he's standing on the podium and, he, yeah. and you know, he, and he, the camera just comes in and it's like, okay, this guy, that's, that, that's peak prime Bobby Lashley. And then you have theory. And to me, I don't – if Theory was fighting anybody else, I'd say, oh, what well, Theory retained. But it makes it difficult because Lashley has been a champion. He's won the United States Championship. He's been a heavyweight champion. And if – if I don't know if they'll soften the blow at making this a, you know, you know, winning by disqualification. I don't know how they'll do it to kind of soften the blow because, to your point – 
I theory doesn't necessarily need the belt, but in the eyes of Vince McMahon, in the eyes of those running you know, whatever's going on now, like okay, we have to have a belt on them just to say we have a belt on. Them. And sometimes we can have wasted reigns as championships, which we've seen yeah. the, the last like decade and a half in this company where great wrestlers like you know, they don't have to be champion right now. They could do the same thing they're doing, sans the belt. Yeah. But but was hopefully, you know, we'll see how the match plays out there. Now, let's talk about the undisputed tag team championship match. We got the Street Profits. We got the Usos. We got the Bloodline. And I'm super curious to hear your thoughts. Because once again, I'll just say this. I, I, the Usos ain't losing this match. So, like, I, I like the Street Profits. I, I really do. I like Montez Ford. I like everything about that team. But you're, you're not losing to the Usos and winning the bank. Like, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to be the Grinch. But... You know, I'll save that, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this match, and just how you, how you, how you see it playing out. Yeah, uh, I agree. Like, there's been moments over the last few weeks where they've been building this up, and obviously with Montez beating Jay and all these little things where they're trying to get us to believe that the Street Profits could win this match. Realistically, what the Usos are doing for the Street Profits right now by engaging in this like feud is great because we see jacked up Montez. He's put on like 30 pounds of muscle. It's insane. He's wrestling just as well as he was before. Um, I do feel like it's a good way to showcase the Street Profits, get them back in our minds. They're killing it. Like, I love what they're doing. Um, but yeah, they're not, there's no way that a month before SummerSlam, they're losing the titles. And that's the problem with all these pay-per-views and like, we are able to book them out. Like, it's too much because we know, like, we just know. And that's part of the reason why I hold out hope that Lashley beats Theory just so there's a title change, something interesting happens to sort of create some momentum and some ripples and waves heading into SummerSlam because the Usos aren't losing the title belt a month before SummerSlam unless they have something written up their sleeves that we like the kind of writing, the kind of interesting storylines that we haven't seen in a long time. That's just not happening. Um, like, I feel like they're going to walk into that pay-per-view next month with all of all four of the titles that's it's an unprecedented thing like i i think that that's what we're gonna see um i think the point of the match is less about who wins and less about how they win and what goes down the usos and the bloodline in general win matches dirty they do shady shit roman shows up out of nowhere whatever like that's kind of how WWE has written the bloodline into interesting um, sort of shady wins that like give this like little asterisk to it so that there's some sort mm -hmm. of comfort to the losing team and the, you know, the fans who want, you know, wanted whatever, you know, whether it's like, whether it was RK bro or whoever else that kept losing to them, at least there was these like little asterisks to say, well, you know, uh, there was like some sort of cheating, some sort of shadiness going on. So maybe there's something like that that happens where at the very least the Street Profits come out with street cred from, you know, from the match. They're going to, it's going to be a great match. I think, I, you, I talked about this with you when we were doing a different podcast. I think the Usos are like the best thing in, in wrestling right now. I think the Usos and Seth Rollins are the best part of WWE. Like, I just, I don't think they can do anything wrong. I, they've just done nothing wrong for so long. I like 
They're underrated wrestlers. The stuff that Jay was doing in the ring the other day with Montez and the way he takes bumps and sells stuff, like, I'm fascinated by it. I think he's so good. I think they're both so good as a tag team and their, like, synchronicity. I told you, they're they're, they're a combined backwards side back kick every time. I've watched, like, I'll watch it every, I'll watch a repeat over and over. It doesn't matter. They're, like, synchronized swimmers. It's nuts like so for me like uh, it's they're they're heels and every time they come out i'm out there we're the ones like i'm ready i don't give a shit i root for them and as much as i love the street profits as much as i loved rka bro as much as i love new day like i think they're the most effective heel team at the tag team that i've seen that I've been, you know, since I've been watching, obviously, and I know that they're an all-time tag team. You know, I, I, I get, like I said, I know the history. I just like, so like, I don't need them to lose this. I just need them to like give a great match, and like that's all they do. I do think that like something is gonna have to get set up for them to lose at some point because I don't know how long they can keep fighting on Raw and SmackDown every week, keep showing up every week. Like this is they're doing way too much like these guys have got to get some rest so like i'm feeling like maybe SummerSlam is where something may happen with the usos but i'm like that's obviously the match i'm looking forward to the most i'm really really excited to watch it even though we know the ending because like i just think everybody in the ring is really doing like their best work right now especially montez and the usos i just like i feel like they can do no wrong and uh, I know they're going to leave with both their titles, and that's okay by me. <laughs> you, you know what? I, you're absolutely right. I'll just start with that. And, and what I'll also add to that, before we go on to the Money in the Bank matches, is this. And you talked about Montez Ford. Montez Ford, I'm not saying now, but I can see him somewhere down the road being a singles guy. Not saying Dawkins is terrible, but when I look at, you know, how impressed I was with Montez, to your point, when you fought, you know, in the singles matches, I'm like, like Montez is just jacked, and, he, and they're building him up to be something. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I think when I look at this match, and I look at the Usos, and I just go, we're watching, and I always say this all the time about when we're watching greatness, soak in the greatness of the Usos. Because yeah. if I had to rank the best tag teams, you know, of the last 15, 20 years, the Usos have to be in your top three if because of the fact that the way they're dominant, the way how just they're how on point they are, just it's yeah. like synchronized. That's a great tag team to me. I put them in the same category when you go back in time, when you look at like the you know, the road warriors, like Adam and the Hawk. You mm-hmm. kind of look at like even when Bret Hart and Jim Nyhart, the Hart Foundation. The Dudley boy, like you know, the Hardy boys, like they're there in that echelon of tag teams, and we're watching it. And they're and such we're... skilled individual wrestlers on top of it, you know, like some of those tag teams that you mentioned, Dudley boys, whatever, like what they did as a tag team, cool right. as hell, right? But like to watch people do something as a tag team that would be individually impressive as an individual wrestler, they wrestle in like such a unique combination of like everything we're doing in the ring right now could stand up in a one-on-one match yeah and it's like i don't see a lot of that with tag teams for 
you know, just because it is incredibly difficult to pull off. I think them being twins probably helps, but like it's, it really is next level stuff that they are able to like put together as a tag team in the ring. And like, I don't, I don't feel the same dip from Jimmy to Jay and Jay to Jimmy that I do in any other tag team. The only tag team that doesn't dip for me in that same way where there's not like an obvious alpha is the new day. I just think that like, you know, obviously no matter what's happening with the new day, like it there, you're not like losing any like quality of, um, of like the wrestling when you're going from, from Kofi to King Woods or whatever. That's just clap. They're amazing. And the, and the Usos to me are the same way. Like they're like, I, I do obviously think that like Jay is maybe like peaking a little more right now, but there's just no dip. There's so, I just, I don't know, man. I, I can't, I, I can't say enough about how much like they've made me buy in, like understand what a good tag team can do. And I think they've set their bar way too high, like way too high. I mean, I already like the new day, obviously like had my heart from day one before I was even into wrestling really, but like they've, this is this stuff that they're doing right now. It's, it's, I think you are hitting the point on the head with Montez where it's like, I think this is an opportunity for Montez more than anybody, again, like no, Angelo Dawkins is sick. Like, I think they're great on the mic. I think their promos are awesome. I think that they do, like, they don't do really anything wrong in terms of like their whole shtick, everything, boom, kayfabe on point. But Montez is like, like this close to being like a next level star. And Uso, a match with the Usos is the kind of thing that could potentially bump him you know, down the line when they're looking at like, what can we do with him? Like, this is the opportunity for someone like that to have a match that we like never forget, you know, on a, on a, on a really popular pay-per-view. So. Yeah. And you know, to your point, I'll just say this before we get into the money, in the bank matches is, is that I think to your point about the use those and to your point, you know, especially about they're both great and they, they can both handle their own in, in singles matches. And I think the only other team that I can think out just off the top of my head, like to your point, the due date, like Big E, Kofi, both champions, you know, Woods, Kingwood, you know, and I think of like, look at the Hardy boys where like they were a great tag team. And like maybe Jeff had the better singles career probably, but like Matt, but Matt was no slouch either. It's just, and it's, to your point about tag teams, not only do they have to be great, you know, in sync, but individually, if they can do the same move that they can do individually as a tag team, right. it makes it that much better. It's crazy. And and, and you don't see, and, and we, a lot of tag teams I've seen over the last one, and I'm like, I don't, and there's like maybe five teams yeah. that where, like, they're singles guys, and they can just go, like, they do that in a singles match, I can't tell the difference. Right. I see it with Nusos, so I expect them to retain, and I think somewhere at SummerSlam, I think it's a matter of which belts they take off of them or do they yeah. plan on taking off. I think we have to get in that conversation because it's like they're essentially playing a double header every week <laughs> and in the traveling. So I think at some point it just wears and tears on the body at some point. Yeah. So speaking of wear and tear, let's get to these money in the bank matches. Let's start with the women's money in the bank. We have Lacey Evans. We got Raquel Rodriguez. We got Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss. Oscar, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch. 
it's it's very it's a very interesting money in the bank match for me. But like I'm curious to get your thoughts. Who do you see winning or who do you have as favorites going to this match and how do you kind of see it playing out? Yeah. Well, let me start. So I I think it's a little early for Raquel Rodriguez. Like I just do. I, I've seen people who think she actually would win. Um, and I know some people actually have that her higher on their list of potential winners. It's always hard to call money in the bank matches. Yeah. It really just, it's so hard. It's like, I feel like it's easier to predict a Royal Rumble than it is to predict mm-hmm. a ladder match. Uh, but so I, but I just think it's early. Like she's again, like she can kind of come in and like just manhandle people and be this like foil for anybody at any random time because she's so imposing and just like keep doing that. Like, I don't want to see her in a title match. I just don't. Um, I, I, as far as Becky goes, it's always weird to see someone like Becky in this group of women and like not have them be the favorite to win it. Um, but I do think that, and I, again, this is WWE, so they're going to do what they're going to do. But I think if the writers were smart, giving her an arc that doesn't include chasing af- back after these titles, um, would be really smart because she's like, she's got to start. Um, number one, like kind of having some sort of, she's got to get back to having like real beef and being back on the mic in a meaningful way that isn't just like, I'm Becky Lynch and I'm the best and blah, 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 because she's at, she's at her best when she has like a real foe and neither of the people holding a belt make like a ton of sense to like see her fight again right now. Um, I just think that there's a, there's better ways to use her and she's easy to write for. She cuts good promos. Like let's do something interesting. So that brings us to like the people that I actually think could win. I think Asuka never got to really cash in her money in the bank, right? Like she kind of missed that opportunity. She's back again. She can kind of do whatever. I'd love to see Asuka. My bet at this point, like based on kind of what I'm seeing and like where my I'm leaning again, like this is really hard. So I won't be surprised if, anybody wins at this point but um i could see it being lacy and i don't know how i feel about that um it's not for me per se she's a better she did better in the ring recently than i thought she would um and i do think that there's like a way to make her character better but they like invested a ton into this return and all these promos she caught and over and over again um, and like the Alexa and live stuff, like, I feel like they can make that a thing on its own. Um, I, I actually really like, I need, I need live to do something like, cause she's bad. She's bad on her, on the mic. Her promos suck. She does nothing, nothing in front of a microphone that does anything for me. And I love her in the ring. And I think she's really cool and has like a lot of, like a lot of like, things that could be going on that are really good for her. But she, I, I, I swear to God, I'd rather hear Rhonda cut flat promos for a half an hour than listen to Liv for five seconds. It blo- It's bad. It's so bad. It's just so forced and fake and like has none of the charisma or charm of what Alexa and Carmella do, like similar sort of shit-talky blonde ladies. And like, I just, it's not, it just, it's so... Part of me is like, get let Liv win money in the bank so she doesn't have, so she has a built-in promo. She has a built-in reason, a built-in beef. She doesn't have to come up with anything interesting. Let her win money in the bank, and that gives it, that gives her what she needs, um, which is like kind of what's, what they, what would, it would work for Asuka as well. 
because like Asuka for other reasons is like super charismatic, but can only do so much with her promos. Mm -hmm. Those are the people I would like to see win for two different reasons are Asuka and Liv, who I think is going to win is Lacey because they just seem to be investing a lot in like bringing her up out of nowhere. And that always makes me nervous. Yeah, look, all I got to say about Lacey, and let me, let me be clear. Every time I say to people like, oh, he's going to say something. Yeah, I'm, let me, let me be clear. I mean, let me be super clear. I think what they're doing with Lacey is fine. But I, the only problems, like, I, I really like the picks. Like, first and foremost, I like the pick. It's just what her character I don't know if I'm supposed to be rooting for her or am I supposed to be booing her? Because yeah. initially, from all the things that I've seen, she's supposed to be the heel. And then all of a sudden she comes out and I see cheering. And so I'm watching at home. I'm sitting in my bed and I'm like, what? yeah, I, I walk out of the room. I walk out of my room, go outside and I go, maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. And, and, and to your point about Raquel, Raquel is interesting. I do believe, and it goes back to what I talked about with Ronda Rousey, because I do believe of the two women's champions, Ronda is super, super susceptible. Yeah, for sure. I just don't, I can see a situation which makes these difficult because, like I said, with Bianca, she's, she's holding to that, on to that thing to WrestleMania. Yeah. Rhonda, I don't know. So this is what makes this Money in the Bank match interesting. Mm. To me, I kind of see it going three paths. And I'll, I'll be quick on the paths. Like, I can see the Raquel path because of the fact that they're trying to, I don't want to say rebuild SmackDown. But they need some, they need, because they know Ronda is not long-term, as I alluded to earlier. They know she's not long-term. Raquel Rodriguez is long-term. So maybe despite her being green in the ring, despite all of these things, they'll give her the briefcase. Maybe to kind of build her up to be a champion. Maybe this time next year. Or something of that nature. That's path one. Path two is someone you mentioned is Liv. Liv, I feel like they really, really tried to push Liv sometime. They really tried. Because after, you know, you know, with the riot squad, with all that broke apart, they tried to make her, and they tried to build her. Because I, I felt that she was going to win the Royal Rumble. That's how much I think that, how much I respect Liv. But to your point, the problem is, and this is a problem with a lot of people Male or female, let's be clear, male or female, it's the mic. It's the microphone. You don't have to be like, uh, you don't have to be like The Rock. You don't have to be like The Miz. You don't have to be that all-time great on the microphone. But you have to, you know, if you want to be a champion, you have to be somewhat good on the microphone. And when I hear live sometimes, I go, it's it's not bad. I don't it's wanna, bad. 
It's bad. Well, Ladarius, it's bad. I'm trying and to be positive. Been, oh, okay. She has been at this for a minute. She is not green. It is bad. Like, it bums me out, man. But we got to call a state a state. She's one well, of the worst promos in WWE. It is nails on a chalkboard. It just is. Yeah, I, I, well, I was trying to be very, you know, <laughs> kind, consistent, but we'll go with what you said and just, we'll just put that in, you know, put that in post production. We'll just put what she said in my place. It all worked out. So, so that's, that's like kind of a problem. I'm like with her on the mic. I kind of have that problem. Yeah. Now, to me, this is the Becky path, and I will forever defend. Like Becky Lynch grew on me because we talked about the four horsewomen. Yeah. To me, you can't touch Sasha and Bailey. To me, that's just yeah. Like especially what they did during the pandemic, they literally carried smack. I don't want to get into that because yeah, it'll be a soliloquy and then and then to be or not to be type thing. But to me, with Becky Lynch, the storytelling with Becky Lynch is 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 great because. People thought that when she lost to Dana Brooke on Raw for the 24-7 belt, oh, why do you have her losing to Dana Brooke? I tell people this. Storytelling. It's kind of like she has to start from the bottom. It's like they, they have to build, they have to make Becky rise like the ashes of the phoenix. Because to me, she doesn't need a belt. And I've all no matter what the champion is, you don't need to be, a, you don't you, you don't need to have a title to be credible, to be great. We've seen that over the years in wrestling. Yeah, we've seen it with her husband right now. I mean, he's exactly. been carrying the, he's been carrying shows, honestly, on his back. He's been carrying, he carried a pay-per-view and he hasn't right. been in the title contention really consistently for most of how, most of the time I've been watching. So, right. yeah. It, 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 and that's, yeah. And, and, and I have a theory about him when we get to, to there. Yeah, but like what I'll say about the women, what I'll say is before we move on to the men's is is that if you had to ask me between Liv, Becky, and Raquel, to your point, <laughs> Raquel is tempting, and it's kind of like where people say, "Oh, bet on Raquel." I'm like, I don't know. Mm. I'm not. I'm there, but I'm not a hundred percent there yet. I'm maybe about fifty percent there with Raquel. To me, they would have Liv and Becky because. When I look at Liv, they have to do something. Because in a way, because I think it's not that WWE didn't try to, to push Liv. I think Liv is great in the ring. And the microphone has been a detriment. And I think, you know, to, to many superstars and to why they haven't been pushed to, the, to, you know, to the levels they've been pushed to. But to me, when you have someone who's great on the mic, you know, and it feels out of place. What what makes me pick Becky that it feels super out of place. It's like she's showing up to a party where they say, yeah, she's showing up to the party where it's like, maybe she, she has no business in a money in the bank match. But to me, that's where I say logic wise, she can win this thing. No, no, you're looking at this all wrong, Ladarius. She's gotta this is to your point, this is how you make a rise from the ashes. She loses money in the bank. She's already, we know she's gone heel. We know she's dark. We yeah. know she's angry, okay, yeah. right? Absolutely. So, let's, mm -hmm. so now we got to give her, we got to give her a real reason, a real reason to feel offended, to feel, you know, to feel truly like victimized. 
and like handing her a contract to go well, fight Ronda or Becky again, both of whom like we don't we're not interested. We're not interested yeah. in those rivalries. Yeah. But but here's the thing. She gets the briefcase. I think the ultimate downfall for Becky Lynch is that let's let's move the timeline ahead to SummerSlam. Let's just say whoever Bianca's facing at SummerSlam, which mm-hmm. we don't know because it's like it's a month, month and a half away, so we don't know. Let's just say she tries to cash it in. And because remember at SummerSlam, remember Becky Lynch can't beat Bianca Belair in under not even 30 seconds. She embarrassed Bianca Belair. So so in so in Becky's mind, Becky says, Well, I can get my revenge at the same place when I came back last year mm. at SummerSlam. And I can beat Bianca Belair again. Yeah. And this time, she has the briefcase. So it's, it, it won't feel out of place. Right. Where her coming in and interfering in a match. She can go in, once again, after whomever Bianca but then, beat. But then she's just going to lose to Bianca because she's, well, they're not taking the title from her again at yeah, SummerSlam. Exactly. But see, right? the, yeah, so this is where I say with the women, you can go, especially okay. in the different directions. Yeah. I, I feel that. If you go the SmackDown route, if you go with Lacey Evans, which uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, like I don't I, like it, I don't like it, but the story, I'm listening. Listen, story's great. Everyone loves a great story. Listen, everybody loved Rudy. Okay, everybody loved Rudy. But listen, let like like uh, you, zoom zoom in, folks. We know Rudy. Listen, listen to me. Lacey could be Rudy. But listen, do, do everybody remember? Like Rudy went up there, what a couple of plays? Like, like it's a great story. Like Lace is a great story, and they repackaged her better than what that Southern Bells. They repackaged her, yeah. you know. They kind of got into the roots. But to me, with this women's, it's interesting this year. It's interesting every year. But what makes it interesting now is that Ronda Rousey is super susceptible. So. Yeah. They that's why to, it's like it doesn't make that's what I'm saying. I think you gotta get Becky out of your head. Well, if you're coming for Rhonda's title, it ain't gonna be well, Becky. Yeah, I, I get that. Right. I get that. You know, you know, I I, I have many paths in my <laughs> head. So I just think that you like I think you like Becky more than you want to admit. I think you're pro well, Becky more okay, than you want well, to admit. Well, yeah. I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. Becky grew on me because listen, I, I at some point, and I don't want Charlotte fans to hear this. So you guys can leave the chat. I'm a Charlotte fan, so I already know I'll you're say this. Listen, me. I, I kind of like Charlotte over Becky. At one point, I did. And then all of a sudden, I started seeing Becky. And it's just like they put the man persona on her. Yeah. And she's just going around. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. And what I'll say about Charlotte is this. I'm not knocking Charlotte because, listen, she's the, the most decorated Champion in the company for the win. But to me, when she comes back, I already know what's going to happen. It's kind of like Romeo and Juliet, even if you haven't read Romeo and Juliet, meaning that I know what's going to happen is that Charlotte comes back, whoever the champion is, 
if, if for some bygone reason it's still Ronda Rousey, then I definitely know what's going to happen. And they're going to put the belt on Charlotte, which, which I'm saying she doesn't deserve. Yeah, she's but, just she's Brock Lesnar, man. Like she's gonna, she's always gonna yeah, dominate, yeah, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. See, that's I guess that's where the conflict the conflict comes, because like to me, she she's Brock Lesnar, except for the fact that listen, Brock leaves for months on end, and comes back. Brock doesn't fight on SmackDown or Raw. That no, he fights paper. Yeah, but he he used to. There's a reason yeah, he had he, so many titles. I mean, he, right. he was so, always, yeah. he was so, always holding titles. You know. So it's like, well, Brock showed yeah. up. Oh, it's a big match. Oh, I'll show up. Like Charlotte, Charlotte. I'll give Charlotte credit. She does fight uh, often. Like yeah, I, and she can actually wrestle, which Becky Lynch appears to have forgotten how to do. Ah, boy. <laughs> I knew. Yo, some... she's got to get back in the weight room or something, man. She's been flat. You know, she's been flat. Okay, listen. What what I'll do is I'll make some calls, and, <laughs> and, and if we'll, we'll we'll get a regimen going. <laughs> we got to get her back in the weight room, man. Listen, Becky. This is not me talking. It's other people talking. <laughs> me, you're great. Ladarius thinks you're a star. You're fine. You're a star. Yeah. I'll come. I'll come yeah. in with like the like the Hollywood shades on. Yeah. And, and you got it. Sure, listen, you're a star. Yeah. But if we can just get you, listen. <laughs> just like. 10 pounds of muscle. Let's just listen, do it. Come on. Look, look, I'm not trying to be that guy, but I had to be the messenger because I drew the shortest straw here. So, yeah. So, so I think, so we kind of see, we both kind of see the money to make matches going kind of different ways there. Yeah. 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 Definitely. All because, and, and like, and, and the sad part of it is we didn't even mention Shotzi. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm oh. looking. I'm like we we literally talked about oh, Lacey, no. Raquel, Liv, yeah. Asuka, you know, even Alexa. We didn't talk about. I'm like I, I mentioned Alexa. I like. Oh yeah, Alexa you did. Okay, yeah. I did. Yeah, well, I like I'm Alexa. Like, a lot. I could have sworn you said Alexa and Liv. I could have sworn. Yeah, because I think I think they could do something together. I think Alexa can do anything. I think she's really good. She's a former champion. Like she's like pretty. She's pretty legit. So I, I like. I yeah. feel like I don't need to put respect on Alexa's name. I think she's earned it without me saying it. And if Shotzi disappeared tomorrow, I wouldn't have noticed. So I don't. Whatever, man. I except I wouldn't hear shrieking all over the. I'm. See, yeah. See, no. What I'll say this when we get to, when we get to the final match, if they give her back her hat, and she drives out with that tank. Okay. Yeah. If they if, if they took that away from her, I'm like. I know. That was the best part of who she was. You know, shooting nerve balls at people like that's like that's primo. Yeah, stuff. make her a full weirdo. Like, give her full range yeah. to be full weirdo and whatever. Because like they're all starting to look the same with the colored hair and the leather, and like it's like we've already got like people doing it better than you, so we got to switch it up. And like right. I don't want to hate on any of the women. I don't want to see them go. But right. um, at least to me, there is something to be said for what every other woman in the division is doing, um, or in that in that ladder match is doing. Like, Shotzi, like hasn't. I mean, we could make a case for every other one. We really yeah. could, if we had to. We could make a case for every single other person in that match besides Shotzi, and that's I. That's not our fault. That's, yeah, we're listen, not doing that. Hey, we're not. Hey, listen, we're just. Yeah. We're just. We're just. We're just two people talking about wrestling. Hey, we're just the messengers. Yeah. We're just the messengers. Like, listen, they sent us, and they're like, you know what? Those two work yeah. great together. We'll, we'll we'll let them do it. Exactly. And then I got sent to talk to Becky. So <laughs> that, that's how that's how life works. So, so now let's let's jump right into the men's money in the bank, which, to me, it feels like a big wild card because 
Roman Reigns is holding both belts. Yeah. I so so they're whoever it is, they're going for Roman. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't feel like, oh, they're gonna so it it, it it's just a matter of who we think. And, and to me, it's a complete wild card, which which makes it fun. So I want to get your thoughts and who do you see potential favorites and who do you see possibly winning it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a stacked, it's a stacked group. Like it, it really is. Uh, oh, I, for, oh, I forgot to read the names. That that's my fault. I got I yeah, got big no, in the go head. For it. Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Omos, Sami Zayn, Riddle, and a to be announced. Yeah, who I guess like I don't know what they're thinking. Like I've seen every everything from this th- that person being. You know, Ezekiel slash Elias slash Elrod. Yeah, or if it's that, KO yeah. or uh, like some people think it's going to be John Cena because everybody has to dream a little dream. Yeah, like, um, Cena's not doing that. That guy's forty-five. He's not doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. And yeah, this isn't the Royal Rumble. Like he can't come in last minute and just yeah, like, hey, like this, yeah. I can hit with ladders. Oh no, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's that's not what I was saying. So, um, I here's the thing. Uh, this actually, this is one where I honestly wouldn't be mad about anybody winning it. And let's say, I don't know who's going to be plugged in. So we have to just go off of who we have right now. Yeah. I, the only person I don't want to see win is the person I think is going to win. And that's Riddle. And oh, I don't, I know, I know he's so over with everybody. I get it. Like he's over. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm not going to sit here and say that he hasn't like done the work to win people over in WWE. He has, it is what it is. Did he get the Randy Orton pump? Yes. Did it work? Yes. I get it. My problem is that like, I see. So first of all, a 36 year old man acting like a 17 year old stoner has never done anything for me. It will never do anything for me. I think the character is so played out and so lame. And so 1997, I want to fucking die. So there's that, number one, right? He, he literally gives me secondhand embarrassment. Two, comes out on a scooter. Again, like that's gonna get old. You're, you're closing in on 40, my guy. Like, now if you've been doing this since you were 23, like John Cena, whatever, we could hold it down, but it's not working for me. And the bigger thing, the bigger thing that I'll give you, and I, and I, I know I'm gonna get crap for this. The most interesting thing about what he does in the ring is that he's barefoot and can kick. And I, I know he takes a beating. I, I, I'm into it. It is, it is admirable what he does. He will take a beating. And I know that you need guys like that in the ring. I've learned that. I can appreciate it. All of it, right? But on the other side of that, you need to be able to deliver on your moves, your signature moves, the things that you do. And I'll, every time he jumps off those ropes, he misses his landing. He misses his mark. He never hits that guy square in the chest. He never does. He's always off. If I see him do one more half-ass skinny boy curtain drape DDT, like he's Randy Orton, I'm going to fly. Up. My, my head is going to pop off of my body. I can't see him. You're doing the moves of like the most iconic wrestler of your time. He is huge. He is quite literally defined as one of the bit, the predators of the WWE. He is a predator. And you are doing this current DDT. Like, with your half little slap, your rip, lip-wristed slap, it's, it's awful. Watching him do the Viper thing is awful. Watching him do an RKO, again, I want to puke. His whole persona has become, I was Randy, Mo- I was Randy Orton's sidekick. 
And now I'm doing all, I can't even do my own moves right anymore. I truly, when I tell you, and I know, I know I'm wrong. I know everybody is against me. I get it. But I have, I, I try so hard to let heels win me over. I never have to be won over by faces. I never, I'm always all in. I'm an easy mark. I really am. But like, there is, he does nothing for me. And so knowing that, going into this and knowing, obviously everybody knew he was going to win that spot. You know, like it was like so obvious he was going to win that spot to be here. So like he's to me because of them having really nothing else to do with him after Randy Orton's like injury and the success of RK bro, they're not going to want to let that go. They're not going to want to let go of this momentum that he has going into this match. I really believe that he's like the favorite to come out of this. And that scares me because, like I said, I don't, I, everybody else, Seth Rollins, you already know how I feel. I'm not going to say it again. Put Seth Rollins in every single match. Give him a Roman Reigns rivalry for the love of God. They are so goddamn beautiful together. No. It, Drew McIntyre? Uh, yes. Get, come on. Like, let, he's going to have a, a, a shot at one of those two belts. I would love to see it. Uh, Omos, giant man, like we're going to try to make the Giants work again. If you're going to make anyone go in there and pick Roman Reigns up and throw him over his, over, uh, like overhead into the crowd or something. Great. Do, is that my pick? No, but like, okay, fine. I could accept it. Uh, someone on another podcast, I have to tell you this. They were, they were sort of prognosticating that Seamus, if he won, would go after the, uh, I think it's, Whatever belt he hasn't won. Is it the U- United States Championship? I believe. Is it the U.S. The inter- or the Continental? Intercontinental. I, maybe it's the inter- so they were like, well, if he won, maybe he would just go for the Intercontinental Championship because it's the only one he hasn't won. Which that you for the love of for the love of every God that every religion believes in, that cannot happen. That is psychotic behavior. You cannot have a guy holding multiple titles like a like Thanos over there with all the rings and then have Seamus be like, I'd like to go for the continent. Oh God, no. So there's that. Sami Zayn can do no wrong. Give him whatever. Give him all everything he wants in life. Let let him like let him go after Roman after being in the bloodline. Great. Love it. I don't, you know. That's fine. And then we know where I stand with Riddle. That's my layout of the land. Essentially, I'm good with anything but the person who I think is going to win. Yep, I think I got all of it. I think I got all And then some. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, the, the more I sit back and reflect, before I give my picks, the more, the more I reflect about what you said about Riddle, I knew he was pushing 40. And I didn't want to be the one to say, like, you can do what you want to do. But I think at some point, I'm not saying, like, am I saying gimmick change? I don't know. But the thing is, when he, it kind of feels like his moveset is essentially Randy Orton's moveset. And, and people will say, well, well, Kevin Owens does the stunner. But you don't see Kevin Owens doing the Luthes press like Austin did, you don't see him stealing Austin's moveset. No, he and takes... also Kevin Owens is is a really, really well-respected wrestler. Like, Riddle's not the wrestler that Kevin Owens is. He's just right. not. Right, and it, because when you were talking about it, and, I, and, and it made me think of that, and, and, I, and my counter-argument to that is that, look, 
when I see Riddle, like he has no business in the world doing an RKO. None in the world. Because you're telling me that could you imagine a spot in this match? If Riddle RKO's Omos, I'm done. If because, Riddle are if he RKO's anyone, and I know it's gonna happen, and yeah. I'm gonna it, I lose my mind. Because to, to me, like if he does it to Omos. <laughs> I don't like, think you can RKO Omos unless it's like from the rooftops. But right. yeah. you know, maybe yeah, from the top of the but if some way somehow he RKO's Omos, mm -hmm. then you know what? I'm going to Vegas. I, I just 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 show me where just I, I, oh sir, you want to no, just take me right to the arena. I already called in advance. I can't tell you who I talked to for legal reasons, but I need to get in that building because somebody has to stop this. Because Riddle, Riddle's not terrible, but it just kind of feels like when we start seeing, like, he talks about Randy, and he's, I'm like, okay, we get it. Yeah. You, you like Randy. Like, we, we, we get it, man. Yeah. We get it. Like, you don't have to drive it in. We get it. But, like, what you were saying, like, that diatribe, listen, I couldn't disagree. I'm like, it's spot on. Like, at some point, you're like, that scooter? Like, you come on a golf cart, that'd be more appropriate. I'd be yeah. fine with that. I just out, there's know. something there's something about like there it's it's not just you know it's not just KO getting the getting the blessing from Stone Cold to do his stunner right yeah. and KO has definitely modeled his career after Stone Cold but he's created a path of his own yeah. and he's one of the most well like respected wrestlers that does it right um there's something about not only stealing the the moveset of Randy Orton okay yeah. <laughs> Randy Orton, not just like, like, yeah, I, the whole thing, okay. But also when they were RK bro, okay, when they were doing that and they would do it in the ring together. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's my little brother. I'm letting him do my moves. How cute is this? Adorable, great. But really, the star of that show was Riddle would get his ass kicked for 25 minutes. Randy would come in, curtain drape DDT, snap suplex. RKO, right? Yeah. So he, it was him doing those moves to win those matches or to lose yeah. them in glorious fashion. It was the great, the goat of these moves doing that. This guy, Randy Orton, and you're coming in with nothing. nothing. None of your shtick has anything to do with him. You're not a similar style wrestler. You're not a similar body type. The only thing you have in common is that you were a tag team. The whole point of a tag team is you're both supposed to do either different things or the exact same thing equally as well you can't have one or the other and it's just like i i just have never seen i i personally and i'm sure you have because you've been work, walking watching forever i've never seen someone do a move that someone else is poorly and then get applauded for it <laughs> yeah Th he that's... does them poorly. Like, yeah. he's not executing these moves. These are some of our favorite moves of all time. The RKO yeah. is one of the greatest finishing moves in the history of wrestling, and he does it poorly, and you all cheer. Yeah. That's that's the part that I've been watching a while, and I, it took me, I'm like, what? Are we really celebrating? Like, listen, like, I understand you want to do Randy's booth, but it's like, the Undertaker is like Undertaker's one of Undertaker's great moves is when he walks across the top rope and he drops. You don't see a lot of guys doing it because you have to get the Undertaker's blessing, but there's a reason why a lot yeah. of guys don't do that. 
Yeah. It's because only one person when I see that, like obviously he's been, but growing up, I'd always see him do that. And it's like, and he pulled it off. Like if you're going to pull off a move by somebody, arguably one of the top three finishers in the history of wrestling, do it right. That, that, like, or, or, or better yet, like when, when, Oz, when Owens does the stunner, I'm like, I'm good with that. But I'm not good with Riddle just taking the script and just just doing what he wants to do like that. And they're like, "Yeah, Riddle, stop." It's such a bummer, man. But do it's you think? Are or do you agree with me? Do you think he's gonna win? If he wins, I mean, who do you do you who who do you think? Okay, I'll get to that. Yeah, I have two potential winners. Okay, I I really I think they could go the Drew McIntyre route. Because I have, because A, been a champion. Yeah. And I think that since Drew's on SmackDown, I think I could see Roman in a scenario where he drops one of those belts, similar with Usos. If he drops the SmackDown belt, it would probably be to Drew. And then I also, I to me, Seth Rollins. I think given what Seth Rollins has done, I... Like, listen, this is listen. He's used to cashing in on on somebody named uh, Roman Reigns before. Yeah, he's done it. He's done it at WrestleMania. That scene where he just swings that belt at the top. Like he's it's he's so cashed. Bad. Yeah, he's cashed in. And I and I'm looking like if one of those two guys do it, great. But the only person that I don't want to see win this, and it's like it's it's two people. It's. It's Riddle. Riddle's one. I don't want to see it. And Omos. Only because I don't feel that it's the time yet. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the it's kind of like the theory theory, where it's like there's more stuff to do before we start talking championship belts. Yeah, I agree. There, yeah, it would be a little too it, well, just like they haven't built it up enough and it might end up actually screwing Omos over by having him go into a title match that he like either can't believably win or wins. And then he has a title that he can't defend. So you don't want to see that. I, you know, you know, I want Seth Rollins to win. I want Seth Rollins to win every match that he's in. Um, I wanted Seth Rollins to be Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes was probably the most over anybody's ever been in the history of a match. So Yeah. yeah, that's how pro Seth Rollins I am. Um, so I'm with you. And I, and I also am, you know, right there below him. I think Drew McIntyre again is like, like he's doing what he can do as a wrestler. And again, like he's not getting any younger, like he's got to get another chance at a title immediately. Like he's really, really still in his prime, but his prime is only going to last so long. Only being able to do those kip ups and the stuff that he can do with his body. Like they've got to take advantage of it right now. Like he's a really epic athlete one of the greatest athletes ever of a guy that size that's ever been in the WWE and like to waste it and let let him like, you know, kind of waste away while Roman has these titles would be a real shame. Mm -hmm. So like, I hope Seth Andrews somehow come out as the lead contenders to come at those belts, because I think that they're the ones who are the most deserving of it and who have done the most work over the last few years while Roman's had these titles. Yeah. And, and, and like two people before we wrap up, I, I just, what, what I look at, this field, I just those two guys stand out to me because especially Drew, because to your point, it's kind of similar to what we talked about with Lashley. It's where this is prime, 
and we don't know how long we're going to get. Like they can still wrestle for another three, four years, but we don't know what we're going to get, what we're going to get now in three to four years. Yeah. So ideally, if you put it on either one of them and then that makes more sense because now you have one on raw and you have one on SmackDown. So it, it, it it's going to be interesting in that regard because they're all chasing the same person and and i legitimately feel it's interesting 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 to see where they book the men's money in the bank match is it going to be because i'm going to assume that the main event is going to you know i don't know if it, it's going to be this so it's going to be how if they book this and it's like it's going to be interesting because if it's if it's drew or seth i think they cash in i SummerSlam because that last man standing match, both Lesnar and Roman are going to be done. Yeah. And whoever wins, it doesn't matter who, whether you hit Seth's music or you hit Drew's music. Yeah. The 85% cash rate, we know it's going to happen. And I think that's a better way to take the, you know, to ease the blow of taking the belts off than having Roman lose straight up. I completely agree, and I don't think that someone like Riddle deserves to take a belt off of no. Roman Reigns. Oh dear God, no! So it, it, you know, and so that means what that means is that no, that there's if if, if someone like Riddle wins, it means we have no hope that Roman's losing a title at WrestleMania to anybody. I'm sorry, at SummerSlam to anybody but Brock. And like, you've got to give us something. You've got to give us a little hope that someone like Drew or Seth, like a real foe, yeah. a real contender, could take it off of him. Because that's like you you have a reign that long and you're gonna lose it to Scooter McGee, 36-year-old stoner boy. No, no, there's no way that my boy Joe is signing off on that. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. So I hope I hope you are right. I'm terrified of WWE. They've done some horrible things to my psyche in the past. And if Riddle does win this match, check on me. Check on me, yeah. message me because well, I will well, not be well. Let me let me write that down. All <laughs> right, check on Tana. if Riddle wins. If Riddle it's gonna wins. Be bad. The minute if he's on that ladder, call. Just just yeah. either message. Yeah. Just, just 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 get form contact. That's, yeah, I always Esta take establish contact. Make sure I'm alive. <laughs> exactly. Oh but, God. Uh, but once again, that's the card. And before we go. Once again, thank you so much for joining me for for previewing this. I had a, a I had a blast. Yeah, me too. Thank I you. Had a blast. Yeah. And before we get out of here, let all the amazing people know where they can find you on the social and all of your amazing work. Yeah. So always on um, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and uh, almost shameless podcast. The whole archive is out there. It'll be back up probably. Probably starting early August, but potentially before that. But if you guys follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that, um, you'll know when the relaunch is coming back for NFL season. So almost shameless podcast and all the socials. Yeah. Well, once again, folks, once again, thank you to thank you for coming on again. And once again, you can listen to this episode, every episode of the Sports of the World podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and follow me on the social at Ladares underscore Brown on Twitter and TikTok. Instagram, but there's double underscore brown. We're not going to get into that argument. We've we done a lot of talking, so we're not going to get into that. But until you see and hear me again next time, I'm Ladarius. Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the sports and the world podcast.